Hello and welcome. We have missed you terribly. We know it's been three weeks and you've just been so lost as to what to think about Mad Men without your trusty femmes here to tell you what are the best things to think about this show. Uh, we've been traveling the world, pitching scripts, dealing with computer issues, but we're back. So I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. I'm Brandy Sperry in Seattle. And I'm Teresa Schechter back in Brooklyn. Okay, so we've got three weeks to catch up on, and I think we all want to start with talking about our girl Joan and the the big decision that she made. You know, something that Brandy brought up is that, you know, a lot of the internet discussion has been about, was this the right thing for her to do? And, you know, kind of whether is prostitution condonable? I, what did you, I mean, what was the first, you know, that gut reaction of like, she is prostituting herself out for a job. I mean, what was your gut reaction in that moment? My my gut reaction was she should do whatever the fuck she wants to do. Word. My gut reaction was I am mad at the writers for doing this story because I thought it was rushed and a bit trite. Um, you know, Matthew Weiner's been saying, oh, this happened all the time in real life. And I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't make it good storytelling and it doesn't make it something that we needed to see this character go through. Um, and I agree, she should do whatever she wanted. And I really did don't love listening to like male critics talk about whether a decision that a woman made, granted she's a fictional woman, but she's a great representation of a woman. And I take it very personally, you know, whether it was right or not is relevant to no one but her, so. So let me ask you this, if you were Joan, if you were Joan, what would the decision you would have made been? Would you would you have been a Cleopatra? What would you have done? I don't know for sure, um, but if someone was offering me, you know, four times what I make in a year, which would be close to $200,000 for one night, not even a night, she didn't even stay, like two hours, I would definitely think about it. I think there's no other way she would have gotten the partnership and gotten that promotion without that. Well, absolutely. That was definitely her ticket to... Uh, a new level in the company and a new level of financial security. And I, I think what struck me about rewatching that episode was not so much Joan, because Joan is just sort of a class act from morning till night, as far as I'm concerned. It was listening to all those guys go from this mm -hmm. sort of shock, you know, harumphing to, well, just let her know she can say no if she wants to. You know? Yeah, washing their hands of it, like, yeah. like putting her in the position, wanting to use her, but then saying it's her decision. If it was her decision, you would have offered her a promotion on her own merit and she would have actually had a choice, but she didn't even have a choice, really. Yeah, the guys were really, really despicable. And even like go, like the arc, every every guy's arc, you know, I mean. Like, Don's the only one who comes out of this, you know, relatively clean, I guess. Um, I guess, but even he's got the whole, like, daddy protectiveness stuff going, doesn't want, like, wants her not to uh, do it because it's going to make him feel bad about the fact that she did it right. more than anything. Right. I felt that, too. I didn't feel like it was sincere. I felt like it was born out of two selfish desires. One, that I'm your daddy and I protect you and I don't want you to, I don't want to know that you did this. Yeah. And two, that it diminishes the clout of his creative team. 
That was the big one for me. I thought the most offensive part of the whole thing for Don was that he wanted to win this account on the merits of creative, not because Joan, you know, gave it up for some mafioso from New Jersey. That That's what I think really pissed him off, <laughs> that he would never know if they won the account because their ideas were the best. And I think that would drive him crazy, actually. It certainly seems to have, because in the next episode, all of a sudden he was raring to go to be the best agency out there you know and he seems pissed that they're gaining any sort of uh success for any reason other than his own talent and passion that he hasn't shown jack of all season so well the other the other thing that struck me about that whole conversation and i know we're, we're really talking about joan um mm -hmm. but but the fact that roger rolled over so quickly to me actually seemed a little off I I was a little surprised. I mean that that's one of those writing things that I I didn't quite buy that he would just be like, "Oh, I'm not paying for it." I I don't know. Is it that easy for him to sell her off? I think he might have acted like that to them, but I was really surprised that there wasn't a scene of him saying something to her more like what Don said to her, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was bizarre to me. Yeah. But you know, Joan, I I think I think that you can see in the next episode, Joan is planning a vacation to Bermuda or Hawaii. She's <laughs> like bought a couple of new dresses, I think. And she's, she's kind of feeling perky about the whole thing. She's very professional in the partners meeting. Yeah. She's the only one who brings the conversation back around to the relevant point, asking what the billings are for the account or whatever. Exactly. She's, she's just owning it. Yeah. She's really owning it. She's really, really owning it. And and watching that, I was just thinking, well, that's really great. You know, you made a decision. You're moving on. And besides, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I read this in one of the nice recaps I read. But, but the idea that everyone will always assume that a woman who looks like Joan has slept her way to whatever success she has, mm. you know, no matter what she does, you know, they're going to think it anyway. So fuck them. Yeah. I'm going to Bermuda or Hawaii. <laughs> Either one. Either one. Well, one thing I wanted to say with the Roger and the Joan thing is that, you know, he doesn't say anything in the big talk about selling out her, you know, virginity, quote unquote. And then the next episode when Lane dies, he's like, come on, let me get you out of here. And he's back to this like knight in shining armor trying to save her and control her through his graciousness and he, i don't know it's just yeah him selling her out so fast seemed very strange to me mm -hmm. i really think in the finale though everybody's gonna find out what she did it's just like bubbling there waiting to come out yeah uh the scene in the most recent episode with kenny sort of holding his own against Roger was a bit of a shock to me after he was so naive over this Joan thing. You know, he makes a flip comment, I think to Peggy, like, I know for a fact we're not going to get Jaguar because he just assumes that nobody will entertain this idea. Meanwhile, the entire thing is going on in the real, in the big boys room, you know, and he's just yeah. over there like, you know, but I love Kenny. I would watch like him and Peggy running their own show. Hilariously. <laughs> I would well, watch I that think Kenny off. is going to slowly sell his soul. I think that we are seeing. Oh, that'll be so a, sad. Yeah. I think we're seeing a, you know, de-evolution de of Kenny. Well, he started off in season one as the biggest dirtbag of them all and then sort of reformed. So 
Mm. Totally. Well, I just want to say one last thing about Joan before we close this is that I really hope Christina Hendricks gets an Emmy. <laughs> yeah. I think that her acting has been so phenomenal and her face when he unzips her dress, just the vulnerability and the, the resolve, but also the pain in it was, I'll never, I'll never forget that face. And I, it's so rare when that happens. And I just, I applaud her acting. Oh yeah. Any reservations I have about the storyline is purely about like the motivations that are written into the script, but she is phenomenal the whole way. Watching her at the bar with Dawn, that scene too. That's such a fantastic scene between the two of them. Um, that she she can be vulnerable and sexy and funny all at the same time. Therese, I totally kept thinking of you in that episode, and I was like, Therese was right! There's something <laughs> going on with Dawn and Joan, and I was like totally <laughs> flipping out for you, but you're in another country, so I couldn't really tell you. But I just wanted you to know that I was like, we always know what's going on, femmes. Yeah, I always call yeah. it. We see the That was perfect, though. Like, the non-consummated date was perfect to cap that off. Which is why I kind of hate that he's being sort of daddish to her now, because I just loved that when they were on equal footing there. Which is so funny, because he's such a terrible dad. So it's funny when he, like, (laughs) acts dad-ish to other people. It's like, you can't even be a dad to your own children. Hey, now he's telling Sally to turn off the TV rather than telling her to go watch it. So I I was totally shocked. I was like, what? I was like... Thinking about your whole, what are you, what are you going to do? The thing My with the super video? cut of telling the your kids to cut. go watch the TV. <laughs> but then I was like, and then you end it with turn off the TV. WTF. <laughs> Somebody's growing up and it's not Sally. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Should we start talking about Sally and her most awesome, awkward first date ever? Oh, <laughs> Sally and her white go-go boots and her flippy hair. Oh, and oh that Glenn. God. Glenn is just awful. I he died laughing awful. when he was like, I'll meet you in Africa. <laughs> I loved oh. all their awkward banter in the museum. Like, I just ate that up. I loved it. Just, you never really get to see really awkward flirting. Mm-hmm. Right. Where the conversation ends up right where neither of them wanted it to end up, but. Like got there anyway. I I can't believe. I mean, I don't know what to think about Glenn telling his idiot schoolmates, you know, that he's going to New York to do it with her. They don't know how old you are, he says. But then she's like, "Oh, I don't think of you that way." And I'm like, "Score, Sally." So she really turned that around. He seemed to be kind of like dominating her at first, and like when they were first together. And then as soon as he says that, I don't know what happens with her, but she like completely takes control. Well, and think of her parents, Betty and Dawn, two of the most domineering people. And she's outsmarted both of them. So, (laughs) I mean, she's, she knows how to maneuver and manipulate, you know, powerful people. So I have to say it was really wonderful to finally see a moment with her and Betty And just when Sally rushes in to hug, you know, Betty and Betty like flinches, but then hugs her. And it, you know, it is so universal getting your period. I mean, I feel like I could bond with any woman, no matter how much I hate her about, yeah, (laughs) cramps fucking suck. I want to eat cookies all day. (laughs) And we've all been there and we know how that goes, you know. 
know, it was really nicely written. Like she said, how it it lets you know that everything is is working right, which I thought was like a nice kind of a really nice way to describe it. That scene was so great because you just can't constantly have Betty and Sally at each other's throats. It can't constantly be this one note relationship. So it is kind of a relief where once in a while they actually have a mother-daughter moment. I loved Betty's smugness on the phone with Megan. <laughs> I know. Of I guess Betty. she just needed her mother. Yeah. <laughs> of course she turns it into like a winning point for her. Like it doesn't really have anything to do with you, Betty, but I guess you're going to make it about you. Okay. <laughs> Well, Megan's like, great, because I'm sick of being her mother all weekend. I mean, just, I love that Megan takes the moment to show that she's annoyed that Dawn is working and she's stuck dealing with Sally. And I just wonder how much longer she's going to put up with it. I'm sure Sally was like thrilled. I was thinking, how would I feel if I got to go out with Megan and her friend who talks about boys and sex and things? And drink coffee. I mean, she you could coffee. tell she was like just relishing and feeling like a big girl like an adult yeah maybe that's oh, yeah. what brought her period on <laughs> the coffee the coffee it's coffee, it's coffee. <laughs> all that coffee drinking made her a woman <laughs> yeah is that diva cups how many diva cups is that oh, <laughs> oh thank you yes. hippie menstrual joke <laughs> ah. you're fired <laughs> just bleep it out Come on, Sally. You know, Sally. Vaginas. Sally is wearing her belt. I'm sure she's wearing her belt with her sanitary oh. napkin in her belt. God, sanitary napkin. Talk about one of the worst combinations of words. Yeah. Ever. I'm so happy to be living in the era of tampons. Seriously. And diva cups. Just kidding. I don't use those. Oh, I'm I, terribly clumsy. Yeah, I'm too clumsy for a diva cup. There's no way. That would just be... <laughs> A disaster waiting to happen. I mean, what could you ever blame it on? Oh, I spilled all this wine on myself at 10 a.m. at my office job. Hey, how old is Sally? Isn't she 10 or 11 or something? I think she's supposed to be 12 now. Oh, okay. I guess that's all right. Yeah. All right. You proved she's period. (laughs) Yeah. She was going to be in big trouble if she got her period before she was 12. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Uh Which means she's gonna get boobs. I wonder if um I wonder if Karen and Shipka has her period already. Okay. No, listen. Don't write her a fan letter. Write her a fan letter. I'm not being gross here. I I always wonder how you know she is in this very very grown up show, and she deals with all kinds of stuff, and I always wonder how that works for her. Like the idea of of talking about her period and and. Um, talking with Glenn about doing it and things like that. I guess she's very mature. So I think she's just going to be, as she gets older, she's just going to become a better actress. I mean, she's already really, really good right yeah, now. She is really, really good. She she acts rings around um, Jessica Perret. Sorry. She, <laughs> oh, Megan? Yeah. And You want to get in your Megan bashing? No, 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 never mind. Do you need a leg? Do you need to like, vent it out? Or but you also, need to pent up from three weeks? <laughs> She was fine in this last episode, but also Glenn. I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew Weiner's kid. Yeah. Which I just learned, by the way, this weekend. <laughs> oh, really? Late to the party here. Just found out. You just found out that that was his kid? Yeah, yeah. she texted me about it. Thanks a lot for telling it. me. Thanks a lot for telling me, people. Yeah. I just think he's awful. He's creepy and awful. 
Well, and he was so on the nose. Why does everything turn to crap? That's when I want to reach through the screen and slap the writers and be like, I get it. You don't have to tell me. I get it. Yeah, I know. And I don't want to hear it from Glenn either of all the people that are going to like sum up my feelings. Really, <laughs> Glenn? <laughs> I don't think so. Don't insult okay. me with that Glenn shit. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Maybe we well, should talk about a storyline we do approve of. <laughs> well, I know that I know that Brandy has some thoughts on her love of and and anxiousness about Megan's acting career and really oh, loving God. her audition dress. I couldn't care less. Except for <laughs> yeah, that dress. What is that? That's not even a dress. It's like a slip. It's the weird. Sack. The the first one, the beige one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then she got a new one. She got a new audition dress. Yeah, she's she. I think she's owning that she's Don Draper's wife. You know, she's just like, I'm going to look fancy all the time. Oh, my God. Seeing Don sit and watch that awful play is <laughs> so satisfying. I don't know. It's just like if they're, they're, he hates it so much, you know, and it was just wonderful. Oh, and next to her in her bedazzled little dress, that that red dress <laughs> with the totally bedazzled, like, neckline detail like yeah yeah, she's just an actress she likes the money part i don't think she likes being pushed into the wife and mother role and i do like that she stands up for herself uh brandy refresh my memory is this the in these three episodes is this the one where he comes home and she's waiting like betty with the glass of wine is that the christmas waltz yes yes because it's right after he was out drinking with joan oh that's right and I just love that he comes home and she's in the classic Betty pose, sitting there with dinner with a glass of wine, steaming angry. But instead, she confronts it about it, fronts him about it, and is like, eat your food. Okay, so let's talk about the journey of Peggy Olson, which, according to the internet, we may or may not have seen the actual end of when she walked into that elevator. Um, I don't think that's true. Yeah, there seems to be some controversy over whether Elizabeth Moss is coming back to the show. I find it very doubtful that we will not see more of her, but, you know, who knows. Um, In any case, that was about the most satisfying scene. Even just those few seconds of her walking into that elevator with the musical cue, like, (laughs) my God. But I go back. (laughs) I'm so happy that she actually left. Like, Me too. Even if, I even if it means she's off the show. Like I feel like I'm still happy because I was so scared in that scene when she went in to give her notice that she would cave. I was like yelling tense at the screen, and I was just like, I was as excited as Shannon was when Joan kicked out her husband when Peggy got in that elevator. Oh, oh I also high kicked and yelled, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah!" I mean, it was same. I was just like on the edge of my seat, like, just do it. Just do it. I mean, when he threw that money in her face, uh, he literally, like, literally threw it in her face. Oh my God. Why was he uh, so cruel? Why has he been so cruel this season? Because so he takes people for, for granted. He takes people for granted. And I mean, it was like people were saying the internet is like throwing money, like at a stripper. I mean, there's like so many bad connotations that go with throwing money, but like, I'm so glad that was a last straw for her because if it wasn't, I'd have a really hard time with Peggy Olson. I was, I was very, I was very happy about it, but I was also sad because I thought, shit, does that mean she's off the show now? Because, you know, in a lot of ways, this whole 
series has been kind of about Peggy in some ways. Definitely. And um, I thought, wait, is she leaving? Is it over? Has she been pushed out for a newer model or something? That whole last part where she's standing in front of the elevator and suddenly she breaks into a smile and that music cue comes in. And I was like, thank you. That's good. I needed that. I needed that little bit of happiness there. I want her to feel really great about what she just did and not bad about it. She's totally going to have fun with that groovy guy over at whatever, CMC or whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah, wearing his turtlenecks and everything. (laughs) (laughs) She looks great in that scene, by the way. I love the little scarf thing she's got going on. I'm like, dang, girl. Like, if you needed a pep talk from Freddie Rumson to get your groove back, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. When he says, you know, she's still just a secretary, you know, what's the line? She's still trying to be a secretary that proves herself or something. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and it was so satisfying after he throws the money in her face when she's with Cha and he realizes what a talent she is, gives her the title copy chief, gives her more money, but is like, you know, part of it's that he wants to steal Dawn's treasure, but it's also that he knows that she's, you know, a talent. And to see that scene where they're eating lobster in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Working on C-Core laxatives. Holy shit, I was so angry. Yeah. Can, can I say, though, that one of my favorite things about this show is how often they bring up that damn Secor Laxatives account <laughs> that they've been talking about since, like, the first pitch meeting we see on the first episode or whatever. <laughs> it just cracks me up so much. <laughs> but I, okay, so when she goes in to quit to Dawn, that scene is like, I mean, who who exhaled during that scene? I mean, I just held my breath. And it also, made me really sad because it was the first real scene with Peggy and Dawn in a room together since the suitcase, really. Mm-hmm. And to see their chemistry and to see the good acting. And, you know, they went through a, like all these different stages, you know, in that conversation. And it made me so hungry for scenes with the two of them because as actors, as characters, I feel like they just know how to work a scene. And yeah. yeah. I, but, you know, Don says, he says, I will spend my whole life trying to hire you again if you ever leave. So. Oh, I remember that line. That was an amazing line. That's from the end of season three. Yep. I think when so. Yeah. Where he goes to ask her to be part of their new company. <laughs> I, okay, this is what I see for the next season. She's at Shaw, you know, uh, Don is taking the business to a whole new level in quotations, <laughs> and they're competing against each other on accounts, you know, to get accounts. And then, you know, Don gets an account and he needs Peggy and he's got to go get her back. You know, that's what I see. So we all think that she'll be back next season. This this isn't her leaving the show. I certainly hope so. I mean, it was just a it was a slip that the actor who plays Lane said in an interview that started all of this. Mm-hmm. And then there were other people saying, no, 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 she's in a movie that had a scheduling thing. So that's why she's not in the last two episodes. Like, don't freak out. What did Jared Harris say? He was talking about his own character leaving and uh, just said something about like, oh, you know what happens? Like Elizabeth Moss left and and Paul Kinsey left or whatever. Like he was just naming characters who sort of walked out the door or were left behind. 
but he made it sound like the actress was never coming back. And then he backpedaled and was like, I don't know what Matthew Weiner's planning. Yeah. And if I did, I would not be able to say anything about it anyway. So I hope it was just internet fear mongering. (laughs) I hope so. so. Well, apparently the only person who knows what, what he's planning of the cast is, um, Mr. Don Draper, I guess John Hamm sits down with him at the beginning of every season and they go through the arc of the show. John Hamm knows everything. Probably slips that into his contract without telling him and then Matthew Weiner like hates it. (laughs) He helps shape the show. Well, it is nice to see Don Draper come alive again in the last two episodes. Uh, You know, and we have to remember with the whole Joan storyline, every this whole show is about Don Draper and maybe the Joan storyline of her, you know, sleeping her way into the partnership is a way to light a fire under Don's ass Mm -hmm. to get him hungry again. I mean, his whole speech to Dow was... Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved it. He did worse things to get where he is than sleeping with some rando. That's for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just love I love the whole thing. Like, yeah, we can sell napalm. Napalm is American. <laughs> yeah, that was great. His, his pitch napalm was napalm. invented in 1942. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. I'm like, yeah, I want me some of that napalm. I got me some ex-boyfriends I can use that shit on. But yeah, that's I was just like howling watching him selling them napalm. It was just nice to see him aggressive. I mean, that other speech he gave was really like hollow about we're going to swim across the English Channel and drown in champagne. I mean, that whole part was like kind of cheesy and hollow. But this was, you know, as Roger said, I miss that guy. And uh, And, you know, in that same show, you know, Kenny, basically... That that was a beautifully written thing with him and and uh, Roger, I think. They're oh, so nice to have a scene with some subtext. It was so nice. Yeah, it was like working on different levels. It was just it was beautiful, and you can see Kenny's wheels are turning and like ah, Kenny, we never knew you. Good for you. <laughs> Peter Campbell no. doesn't get near this. So I think the last thing to talk about is the biggest thing, but. Since we are the femmes, I'd like to talk about it through the most tragic soul, who is Lane's wife. I mean, I just, after Lane kills himself, I just think, oh my God, that poor woman's going to wake up and her, what is she going to wake up to? I know. Dead, ruined car, dead husband with a lot of lies. Yeah, hopefully I had some life insurance or something, because I was pissed, and I was going to be a way more pissed if he had actually killed himself in the car she just bought for him, the symbol of her love and pride. Like, not only was that just completely, like, head on the hammer, like, crazy, overplayed irony on the part of the writers for him to even be trying to do that, but is Lane really so cruel? Like, uh, you thinking... think he put the car back together? He probably left everything like that and then went to the... Or do you think he drove the car to the I car? think he drove the car. I liked that he broke the glasses because I felt like it was just a symbol of everything he's been frustrated with all all season. We've been seeing that he feels like this ugly duckling or whatever when he awkwardly hit on that woman with the wallet thing, which was oh, yeah. stupid. When the way that he talks to Joan, you know, he just wishes he could be Don Draper so bad and those glasses were like the only thing he could physically break to show it my my guess with 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 Lane is that he was settling his accounts 
I mean, he's always been so fastidious with all of that. I'm sure that he was figuring out, you know, the life insurance and everything. Oh, yeah, his little errands that he had to do before yeah. he could take in the car. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that he did that. But apparently um, this last episode, we're going to learn more about Lane's tortured soul. Yeah, then, you know, and that he dodges the question, is this the only check you wrote? Right, right. We we don't know what else is going on. Yeah, but, I mean, and he's always had issues. We know his dad is abusive. We know he, for a while there, wanted to leave his wife, although they seemed to patch things up, you know. Mm-hmm. It was so forced, though. Her being cheerful for him felt so forced. Like, she was talking this weird, high-pitched voice. It was very painful. Yeah, I feel terrible for her. And and who knows what else we don't know about him. But the whole, just the whole, like, you knew it was coming, right? We all knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. his breakdown to Dawn and the journey of emotions was surprising because it was just, oh, he also should be nominated for an Emmy. Let's mm-hmm. just put that out there. Mm-hmm. Him and Christina Hendricks were just incredible. Um, you know, and I and, and it was also interesting. I mean, we knew he had money troubles, but when he put it like, I've been operating at a loss for three years while you've been making money. Oh, it just, oh, made me feel so bad. He also tells Joan when when he's talking to her about negotiating for her, you know, one night stand. He says that he don't make the same mistake I did, which is not asking for what you really need. No matter how much I feel for him the whole time, I was just thinking about Rebecca. Like, oh, me too. Yeah. When he and then when he writes that fucking note and it's not even to her. Oh, I was pissed. Hopefully he left some other note. I will say this for the storyline, which I, I, again, another one that I thought was just played out a little too quickly and too on the nose. Uh, it's interesting to think about how much it does reflect things that are happening these days, because, you know, there's a lot of businessmen who have committed suicide since the recession started. Mm-hmm. So it's very depressing to think about, but it's another one of those things where it's like, well, it really happens all the time. So maybe we'll write it into the show. I, I have to say, I, and I, you may not agree with me, but the fact that he was trying to kill himself in the Jaguar and the cart wouldn't start, I thought was hilarious. Oh, I laughed. Hilarious. I it and it was like, just like one of those really sick sense of humor things that I've really missed in this sort of kind of too earnest season. And it was just the really. Blankenship dying. You know, Blankenship it's... dying. <laughs> the lawnmower. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was kind of like the lawnmower sort of a scene. Okay. There, I mean, all like they have every time somebody like gets brutally hurt or injured or dies. I mean, there is something really, even even like remember when Pete's dad died in the plane? I was crash? just gonna say that. Yeah, it's always an ironic thing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Pete is out there, you know, selling the airlines. You know, like, hey, my father died, and I'm not <laughs> too craven. Yeah, right. Um, Actually, my father was on that plane, and everyone's all uncomfortable. Oh, God. What a good scene. (laughs) Exactly. So, oh, and and Grandpa Gene, who died. Mm -hmm. And where was he? Was some random errand he was running? He was buying oranges, I think. Oh, maybe that's it. 
anyway, I, I just think like, but you know, I think Blankenship and the Lawnmower were two really real high points, and I think that the Jaguar not starting is is up there, is up there with that. Totally. Um, but I knew he was just going to find another way to do it. Yeah. And it made more sense for him to do it at the office, which is what kind of killed him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I read that, that no one saw him in his full hanging death makeup until they started shooting the scene. I heard that too. Yeah. I could so. barely look at it. It was really grotesque to me. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing, the, the other thing that was interesting is like Joan, when Joan opens the door and she smells something horrible. Do you remember? Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's because he vacated his bowels. Oh my God. Yes. Well, and then she's like bumping against the door where his body is. Oh, yeah. odd. All of that. He needs to go to Bermuda stat. Forget <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. That was. So where do we go from here? I mean, what do you think then the next episode's gonna hold? What are your predictions? I've got no clue. <laughs> I don't know anymore with this show. Well, okay, the whole season has been about the price you pay for success, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. one of the main themes. At what price success? Yeah, I definitely think people are gonna find out about Joan. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's gonna happen. I think we need to have some climax with Megan and Dawn. It's been uh-huh. kind of back burner the last couple of episodes. Like she finally then, gets a gets a role and she has to leave town for six months or, or Hollywood or something. I don't know. Something. Yeah, and then he flips out. Right. Woman, you need to make me beef bourguignon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and spaghetti without ever putting any sauce on it. Ever. Yeah, why is she, who, who's eating spaghetti without any sauce on it? That really upsets me. It's some kind of like French preparation. I don't know. I'm really glad that other people noticed that because it really bothered me. So, Do you think okay. we're going to have some climax with Pete? I mean, there's a lot of characters that need to kind right. of peek out here. I have been thinking that, like, you know, Pete might die by the end of the season. But I, now that we've seen a death, I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. Because I would like to see him just become more and more just Satan in the office. I want to see how far it can go. Well, especially if they get Dow Chemical and then it's like Kenny has the biggest account. I mean, it'd be nice to see some more competition between them instead of Kenny not mm-hmm. caring. That would be really great. Uh, I think Megan's going to go to Hollywood and um, despite her teeth. But I think the last episode, there's, we're going to learn more about Lane somehow. Yeah. Well, I think he did more embezzling than we know of yet. I hope it's not too far, though, because I don't really want to go back to square one with their financial problems. Their last last episodes of the season have always been very strong. Totally. Yeah. Their pilots never are good. And then the, the finale is always great. <laughs> finale is always great. So I, I'm feeling very hopeful that that this this last episode is going to be amazing. I'm so, just yeah. hoping that we really get to delve into Bobby. You know, what's Bobby? <laughs> Does he want to watch TV? Does he want pasta sauce desperately? I mean, this uh, kid's got depth and I want to know. They should have had Bobby be in an avalanche on the ski trip. Like, <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that wraps up another episode of Mad Femmes. Really looking forward to the finale. Finales are always really strong. I don't know about you guys. I am definitely going to need a cocktail during this episode because it is going to be intense. Awesome. So we will see you all next week to discuss 
the finale. Ooh. How to apply for a job. How to advance from the mailroom. How to sit down at a desk. How to dictate memorandums. How to develop executive style. How to commute in a three-button suit with that weary executive smile. This book is all that I need. How to, how to succeed. How to observe personnel. How to select whom to lunch with. How to avoid petty friends. How to begin making contacts. How to walk into a conference room with an idea, brilliant business idea that will make your expense account zoom. This book is all that I need. How to, how to succeed.